Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. All too often we think of Christmas as a time of gifts and giving gifts. Uh, We think of the materialistic aspect of Christmas and we think, uh, and it's hard not to uh, with the way the world uh, forces us to begin thinking about it in October uh, rather than uh, late November, early December, we we begin thinking about uh, Christmas and what we're going and and let me tell you, there's a lot of people that are panicking because we've entered into the month of December and they haven't done all of their shopping or they haven't done all of their decorating. I, um, I knew one family that didn't decorate their house for Christmas until Christmas morning. They waited till Christmas morning to put up their Christmas tree and and put the presents under the tree because they felt like it was uh, uh, focusing too much on presents and and all of that. And our, our society tends to uh, <clears throat> focus on that a lot. But Christmas isn't about presents under the tree, is it? We're in the Advent season, and this is the time in which we're looking forward to. The advent of God's purpose and plan on our life, in our life, uh, with the coming of Jesus Christ, and the uh, uh, the fact that God come uh, came and dwelt amongst us, and we looked at the hope that that uh, that Christ's coming brings to us last week, and t- today we're looking at uh, the second aspect of Advent. That is, uh, the second uh, uh, week is usually centered around Bethlehem and the faith uh, that uh, caused uh, the faith that that Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem and to go and and uh, be there uh, uh, and to follow after God's plan in their life. Um, we kind of talked about that a bit in our Sunday school lesson this morning. We talked about uh, the uh, uh, obedience that uh Joseph had towards God to follow after God's direction, even though it wasn't his plan. It wasn't his uh, what he had uh, set out to do. But I, today I want to talk to you about uh, Bethlehem and faith in a way that you might not have thought about it before. We've been talking about the birth of Jesus, but so much of what we uh, think about Jesus Christ is centered around uh, what Jesus did on the cross. And when we really think about uh, Jesus, there's three cities, major cities, that have significance to Jesus' life and really to all of our lives. Uh, uh, the city of our birth, the city where we grew up, and the city where we died. In the life of Jesus, three major cities that were the central part of Jesus' life was Bethlehem, where He was born, Nazareth, where He grew up, and Jerusalem, where He died. And we think about those three in terms of, of uh, really a manger, 
a carpenter, and a cross. Those three uh, indelible things in the life of Jesus are, are the focus of of His life. Those three things, and and a lot of t- uh, for a lot of us, uh, <clears throat> we don't think about it too much, but we even. Uh, we don't celebrate. We commemorate that even to this day. We list uh, the year of our birth. We have a hyphen to indicate our life and the year, the day of our death on our tombstones. When we have, uh, when we memorialize someone, uh, someone's life. And a lot of times we talk about. Uh, that hyphen in the fact of uh, we'll put a phrase about a beloved mother or uh, a, a very faithful follower, uh, father of of children, or you know that kind of thing. Uh, so, uh, uh, in the case of my father-in-law, uh, it has his military service, and a lot of our veterans have. Uh, uh, their their rank that they achieved in military service, the branch that they served, and uh, a lot of times if they uh, fought in a war, a battle, they'll have uh, Vietnam or Japan or they'll have uh, Korea or uh, wherever it might be that they served. World War II, uh, uh, well, they'll have the uh, theater of operation that they uh, fought in battle uh, to commemorate what they did throughout their life. But uh, we think about Bethlehem in terms of the birthplace of Jesus, and we think about uh, this this place. Bethlehem, if you're not aware of it, uh, uh, is just a small, insignificant little town in one of the smallest regions of uh, of Israel. It, it's not uh, really a major metropolitan area. It, it, we would characterize it maybe today uh, uh, in terms of a, a bedroom community or a, a, just a, a sleepy little burg. It, it was nothing of great significance uh, aside from the fact that of the historical significance of the, of the fact that it is uh, known as the city of David. Now, King David made a, a major mark in the life of of Israel, and and Bethlehem was significant in relation to to David and his life as well. Um, but if I was to tell you, uh, for instance, uh, that uh, there was a prophecy that was written seven hundred and fifty years ago that. Uh, um, uh, uh, a man who grew up in New York who uh, was a reality TV uh, host would become president. All of us, uh, and all of us were very surprised on uh, in 2016 when Donald Trump became president. But if we uh, read in uh, some type of, of written document in, let's say, 1160 A.D. that, that it foretold of a man... Uh, uh, that described Donald Trump to a T that he would become president of a nation that didn't even exist at the time, we'd be kind of floored about that. And But that's exactly what happened uh, in the life of Jesus. Uh, if you'll turn to Micah chapter 2 in your Bibles, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Micah is a minor prophet. He's uh, speaking to... 
Israel about the judgment and oppression that they're facing. And Micah is directed by the Holy Spirit to write these words, uh, But thou, Bethlehem, Arafath, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that it be uh, the ruler in Israel whose going forth have been from of old from everlasting. So we see that Bethlehem is is singled out. It says, But thou Bethlehem, Arafat, uh, it says, uh, and that's just another uh, name for uh, Bethlehem, uh, referring to its meek and humble uh, circumstances. He says, uh, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Bethlehem was not uh, considered to be a great city. It was not a, a place in which uh, there were uh, things that were happening there. It wasn't like it was Jerusalem. Uh, it wasn't a, uh, the capital of the, of the nation or anything like that. Uh, but this is a direct uh, uh, prophecy of the fact that Bethlehem would show, have great significance. And... Uh, so we see that, that Bethlehem is, is, is uh, centered out as a, as a place in which God is about to do something great. And uh, this points to the fact that God's able to do things that we're not uh, uh, really sure when they happen that it's uh, exactly uh, God's plan in our life. We think, how can this possibly be that God's going to do great things in our life? We think about our own self and we think, well, I'm not anybody special. I'm, I'm not a, a great orator. I'm not somebody who was... Uh, uh, we think about this week in, in terms of, of watching the, uh, the funeral of, of former President George H. W. Bush. Uh, uh, we think about him and we, we look at his life and he uh, was born into a, a family that uh, expected great things. His father was a senator. Uh, he uh, was somebody who uh, grew up in a, a home of great privilege. They had great wealth. He was someone who was sent to some of the best of schools. And so it was expected that he uh, and the members of his family would do great things. I, I heard it uh, explained about uh, uh, former President Bush that... Their family was the type of family that expected family members to, to serve their community, to have a life of service. Why? Because they were people who were brought up with great privilege. They were brought up in a circumstance that was... Uh, in which they kind of had a, uh, some people would say a leg up. They had an advantage over other people. They uh, were born into wealth and privilege. But their family uh, desire was is that, okay, you've got wealth and privilege. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you, uh, you don't need to just simply exploit that for your own selfful, selfish circumstances, but you're to use it 
to help other people uh, to live a life of service. And if you look at the life of, of former President Bush, he did everything he could to to give back towards uh, to serve and to serve his country. He served in the military uh, in World War II as an aviator. He served uh, in Congress and he served uh, in different roles as ambassador and other things uh, before he ever uh, became vice president to Ronald Reagan and then president uh, in his own right. Uh, he lived a life of service, uh, serving uh, in a variety of different roles. But you would kind of expect that out of someone who's lived a life of uh, of privilege, of going to all the right places. He went to uh, a privileged uh, 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 school before going off to Yale University, and uh, going going to that place, you you have all of the right contacts all the right associations to get ahead in life but Bethlehem is not the kind of place where you expect a lot of great things to come from uh, Bethlehem was not a place that uh, oh everybody born in Bethlehem is going to be turn out to be somebody great no Bethlehem was a little place a, a little uh, insignificant uh, part corner of Judah but it says here the prophet says but out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel we have a prophecy of great things a prophecy of, of significance for a little insignificant town think about where you live do you expect presidents to grow up next door? Do you expect someone who uh, lives down the street to be uh, the next CEO of the next billion dollar corporation that hits the United States? Do you expect a person down the, uh, uh, the way from our area to be born who becomes an entrepreneur that... Uh, that <clears throat> Uh, makes uh, billions of dollars and then becomes a uh, philanthropist and goes on to, to do things that benefit uh, nations in the world? Do you expect uh, the person down the road that's born in a small little house down there to be the next person to, to invent the next thing that, that will uh, change the lives of people around the world? We, we don't usually expect that to happen in our own communities, no matter where you live. And you expect that somebody somewhere will, will go on to do that, but not down the road, not here. Why? Because it's where we live. It's where we grow up. We think of our area, where we are, where we grow up. It's just a normal place, another place where normal, everyday people uh, are born. They grow up, they get jobs, they work uh, for 20, 30 years, and then they retire, and then they uh, sit back in a rocking chair and rock away the remaining years of their life, and then uh, they go on to their reward. We don't think of people who uh, we know to grow up to be great 
things, great people to do great things. But here we have a prophecy of one who is to come, who will be not just someone who is great, but that is a great ruler. This is a messianic prophecy of one who is coming, who will deliver Israel. This is important and this is vital to the people of Israel at this time. Why? Because of the circumstance they're in. They're in a, they're in a time of great oppression. They're, uh, they're flung all over and they, they are not a nation. They're just a group of people that are held together by heritage. They need to know that God hasn't forgotten them. And that's exactly what Christmas is to be all about. It's not about presents. It's not about uh, decorations and ornaments. They're nice and they uh, help us to celebrate this season. This is a time where uh, uh, <clears throat> I think more than anything uh, in my house we've got nativity scenes. That may, we must have about 10 different nativity scenes uh, and we don't have enough places in our house to put all the nativity scenes that we get. And uh, Bless you if you desire to give us something, but please don't give us another nativity scene. We've got we got them coming out our ears, and but that that when you think of of Christmas and and you think about this time of the year, that's the the greatest uh, decoration to put up because it kind of brings your uh, thoughts back to the real purpose of Christmas uh, to to concentrate on the birth of Jesus Christ. Here is in Bethlehem a small little village, small little town in, in the time of Mary and Joseph. Uh, they were going there not because of a prophecy, but because of a decree. We looked at last week in Luke how a decree went out from uh, the ruler, of uh, the one who had authority, that they were to go back to their birthplace for a census and that everyone was to go back to their place of heritage. For many of you, you grew up here. Your family uh, has been in these parts for a long time, but there's some of us, like myself, I'd have to go back to uh, North Carolina because that's where uh, my daddy was born. That was where uh, he grew up. That's where I grew up, uh, where I was born. Those are, and if the similar type of census was taken, you know, we have a census every 10 years uh, that we do here in the United States. Fortunately, we don't have to go back to where we were born in order to fill it out. Uh, many of us uh, have a hard time just filling it out when it comes in the mail. But uh, we fill it out and we tell information about who we are, but that's how it's determined uh, our representation in Washington, D.C. That determines things about where our nation is going, and that's what the census was all about back then, not about representation, but about uh, who, how many people were living in the country, where they were from, who they are, and all those kind of things. Here's Mary and Joseph. And we talked about the obedience of Joseph in Sunday school, about how uh, Joseph was obedient not to put away Mary in the midst of her uh, unexpected pregnancy, of finding out that this woman that was uh, promised to him in marriage, this engagement, uh, more than an engagement in today's terms, but they were uh, espoused. They were practically married. They were married in every sense except for living together. They were 
they were promised to each other in as another term that uh, floats around. They were intended towards each other. They were designed to be uh, together. They were uh, uh, for all, uh, like I said, for all intents and purposes, they were married except for uh, being coming together as a family. And Joseph finds this out about uh, about Mary. In Levitical law, they uh, uh, a husband who on his wedding night finds out that his bride is not a virgin is allowed to take her forcibly and to and to gather. Uh, her father, and to take them into the uh, city square and to profess to everyone that his uh, new wife was not a virgin and therefore uh, is punishable by being stoned. And that is exactly what Joseph had the right to do when he found out that Mary was, uh, was pregnant even though they had not come together. She was, here's a young girl that uh, that it's not very old. Uh, she, uh, some speculate that she was uh, as young as uh, 14, 15 years old. Some, some push it even as even younger to 12. Uh, she was young, and here she was. She was pregnant, and uh, Joseph had uh, intended to just merely. Uh, put her away quietly. Didn't want to. Uh, didn't want to bring uh, disrepute to her family. Did not want to embarrass his, her father. Did not. Uh, and there's even some speculation that he wasn't even going to uh, to put her away, but rather just simply uh, to ease out of the relationship and go on with his life. Uh, whatever it was. Joseph didn't want to uh, create a major scene. He just simply wanted uh, to get on with his life. Isn't that a lot? Isn't that how it is for a lot of us? We yearn for God to work and move in our life, and then when God does, we just want to get on with our life. We don't want God to to interrupt our life. And really, what we're talking about today is faith. What is faith? The faith that Joseph had to trust in what God was telling him was right, that he should do this. We talked about the embarrassment that Joseph would have to go through. Uh, Everybody that saw him and Mary before they were actually married knew for a fact that Joseph... Well, they knew one thing. Mary was pregnant. After a certain point, it's kind of hard to hide. They knew that she had had relations with a man before she was married. It could have been speculated that Joseph was the one who came to her and had relations with her before they were supposed to, bringing disrepute to... Joseph, and because Joseph didn't put her away, kind of fuels that kind of speculation, that kind of uh, that kind of uh, rumor that probably he faced at some point, or that that maybe Mary was raped by a soldier or someone else in the community, and the shame that would have been associated with that. 
for a lot of people would have been too much. But Joseph had faith to trust in God, faith to believe that what God had instructed him to do, faith to, to follow after God's direction. God's instruction was, hey, don't worry about the fact that she's pregnant. I've, my plan is in this. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Don't worry about it, Joseph. Go ahead and take her in. Be a husband to her. And... And when the child is born, it's going to be a, a son. You're to name him Jesus. I'm not familiar with anybody in Joseph's family line that's named Jesus. It's kind of we kind of are. are uh, uh, we think of this when we think about John and, and the the announcement of John the baptizer's uh, birth. Uh, they came to. Uh, to his father and they said uh, what's his name going to be they were going to name him John uh, uh, they weren't going to name him John they were going to name him after his father and he wrote on the ta- remember he was struck de- uh, uh, deaf and dumb because he didn't believe uh, what was going on and and uh, he had to write it down on a tablet hey his name's going to be John they said John you don't have anybody in your family named John I don't think anybody in Joseph's family name was Jesus but Jesus is a is a name that's significant. It it's, speaks of the promise of God. It speaks of God's deliverance. Uh, and the name of Yeshua uh, in in uh, Greek in Hebrew is Jacob, and it speaks of God's promise uh, to the people of Israel that He would come and deliver them. And so. Uh, we see this faith that is in the life of of, Mary, of Joseph of to follow after God's direction. But we also have to remember Mary's faith. Mary was faithful to God. When God came to uh, sent the angel to come and speak with her, uh, she was uh, taken aback. Uh, how can I have a child if I've never been in relationships with a man? What do you mean I'm going to be uh, uh, having a baby? Uh, what do you mean I'm going to do this? These are all uh, things that we look back on and we think, well, of course, that's what happens. But at the time, Mary knew nothing of what of all of those things. And she had to worry about the same things that Joseph worried about. What are people going to think about me? I'm not married. I haven't been with a man, and yet I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to show uh, uh, pregnancy, and I'm going to show that I'm pregnant. What are people going to think about me? What are people going to say about me? What are people going to do to me? Will Joseph put me away? Will Joseph uh, stone me because when he finds out that I'm pregnant? Will he leave me? What am I to do? All of those things. We worry about having enough faith to simply follow after Jesus after we have a clear picture of what Jesus has done. And here, Mary and Joseph are called on to have faith in God and what God will do. And you have to also remember, how long has it been that God has been uh, prophesying someone who would come? At the time of uh, Micah's uh, writing this about Bethlehem, about a ruler who has come, this is 750 years before Jesus is born. So uh, hundreds of years in this circumstance, but uh, you go back even further, it's been 
a long time, thousands of years, that God has been saying He would send a deliverer. Many Jewish people thought that this would be a great and mighty king. And here Mary and Joseph are thinking, how can Jesus, our son, be the one whom was foretold? We're not royalty. We're not people, uh, even though Joseph was of the lineage of David, a son of David had not sat on the throne of Israel in years. And here... Everybody expects the Messiah to be a great king that would come, a great conqueror. Joseph, a carpenter, a man who works with his hands and makes things out of wood. He's not a soldier. He's not a great uh, military leader. Uh, Even if he isn't a king, many people thought that the Messiah would be a great general, a great military leader that would come in and lead the armies of Israel to overtake all the surrounding enemies of Israel and give them a period of peace. Here, Joseph and Mary are just like Bethlehem. They're nobody significant. They're nobody important. In their minds, they're thinking, how can God do this? How can God do this in my life? How can we be special? And God used us in that way. But you know something? I've been talking about their faith all this time. The question is, what about your faith? Mary and Joseph, they said, we're nobody special. Many times when God calls us to do things, we think, I'm nobody special. I can't do that. I can't go and do that. I've not gone and to the best of schools. I don't know uh, Greek and Hebrew. I don't know all those things. I don't know all these, uh, what to do. God calls on you to have faith. Faith like Mary and Joseph. You say, well, I'm nobody special. I didn't grow up in, in New York City. I didn't, I wasn't born in London. I wasn't born in, in, uh, Washington, D.C., I'm not anybody special. I didn't grow up in, in, in places of importance in Massachusetts or New England or anything like that. My family's not, not significant. Bethlehem, Bethlehem wasn't any place special. You think, well, where I live, that's no place special. Could God really call some? And in fact, in Jesus' day, one of the people who was told about Jesus... They said, the teacher from Nazareth. And what was his response? Hey, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's really saying, hey, is the Messiah really supposed to come out of Nazareth? Could God really use somebody insignificant out of Nazareth or Bethlehem? Can can God really use somebody from where I am? Today, we're talking about faith. And faith that it took to follow in God's direction in obedience. And today, we're talking about your faith. Your faith to believe that God did this mighty thing to send His Son to live amongst us, to live a life of purity, 
to die on the cross for our sins, to pay the ultimate sacrifice that results in an opportunity for you and me to have Jesus into our heart and life. Faith that means beyond just simply... Faith is more than just simply salvation. Faith means following after God after salvation as well of realizing that God wants to do something special in your life. Realizing that, yes, God can still use you even if you might be in the twilight of your years. Might, that God, Faith that believes that, yes, God can use you even if you are a young person, a child, a, a teenager. God can still use you. God can use you as a young person, a young, a young adult, uh, having a young family God wants to use you doesn't have to uh, you don't have to go off to Africa and be a missionary for God to use you you can be a missionary right where you are to the people living around you you can be an evangelist in your place of work you can be an evangelist to the people that you uh, get together with and and knit quilts you can be an evangelist to the people that you meet at the grocery store the person that comes to your door to deliver your mail. God wants to use you, but you have to have faith. Well, how is your faith? Do you have faith enough for God to use you? Here God speaks of faith that's coming uh, from individuals to believe that something great could come in a little insignificant place in Israel called Bethlehem. He says a great ruler would rise up that would change the, the world for everlasting to everlasting. God wants to use you. Maybe His desire is, is that you will be the person who will witness to someone who will go on to not only accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but could become the next Billy Graham to, to preach to thousands around, the, millions of people around the world. Think about the person who led him to Christ. We don't know his name. We, we're not real familiar with his name, but he was important in God's plan in the life of a servant. God wants to use you to, you, to work and move in someone's life today. Won't you be faithful to him? Let's pray.